hey there i welcome you to yet another episode of the 37x podcast a podcast where we aim to tease out the principles that our brilliant guests live by in life and at work which you as a listener can incorporate in your life to achieve continued success and deliver high performance we deliver micro insights you create macro impacts today i have with me deep bajaj founder of sirona hygiene private limited Sirona is a product innovation startup with a range of unique intimate and menstrual hygiene products for women. Their flagship product Peabody is a revolutionary product for women. Using Peabody, India's first female urination device, women can stand and pee in all dirty, public, unfriendly and unhygienic toilets. Deep and his team have won multiple awards such as National Entrepreneurship Award, ET40 under 40 and Fortune 40 under 40. He's a TEDx speaker and has also won the ET Innovation Award. All the three cases were so closely felt that I knew how lack of clean toilets on the go and how this physical inability to be able to sit and stand during pregnancy and arthritis limits the quality of life in women. How do we keep coming up with these new products? So the first four products were out of my personal experiences and be honest there. After that, it's just customer. What uh, 9/11 did to aviation industry, security, uh, COVID has done to hygiene. Anything which is change, which is away from the ordinary, finds a lot of resistance. In our case, taboo topic made it a little more difficult. But I think as customers started accepting the product, our conviction in being at this issue only kept growing stronger. I believe this is the time for India uh, to shine. We have uh, every. thing going for us you can sell anything i hope you find this episode as interesting as i did let's jump right in so deep delighted to have you on the 37x podcast thanks for taking the time out to be here on our show no no thank you for having me over it's a it's a pleasure to be here yeah <laughs> great so you made a switch from being an event manager to being an entrepreneur in fact a serial entrepreneur could you tell me more about your fascinating journey Uh, I don't know how fascinating it has been, but yeah, it's been a, it's definitely been an interesting one. So I started with events in 2006 till 2010, and uh, back then I was trying to create IPs around events, and uh, we used to do uh, mall launches, concerts, fashion shows, etc. Moved out of that in 2010. So 2010 till 2014 was into handmade carpets with my wife. Tried my hands around the same time with a home health care project. but uh, when the idea for our first product our first uh, solution was born uh, i think uh, writing was clear on the walls and uh, in the sky for me to to go after this space and try to disrupt it and hence you know sirona right. hygiene was born with peabody as the first product so that's been a not so interesting journey so far okay got it got it got it so i'm a huge fan of what peabody does in fact i was on a trip to sri lanka this january which is supposedly one of the cleaner places in asia that you can go to yeah and it was still extremely difficult to find clean toilets anywhere along the 6 hour car ride that we had yeah. now uh, although guys could stand and pee this was a real problem for our female friends now i read about uh, what led to peabody yeah. and it's a similar car ride that sparked the idea for you yeah. so why is it that so many people ignore the solution to a pressing problem that women around the world face so i'd say um, i mean i i can't talk on behalf of others but i can just give you my reasons on why what triggered it uh, in me to to do this okay so when we used to do these large scale concerts i had seen that no matter how hard we try we cannot keep those porta potties clean the portable toilets 
Then right. I'd seen during our pregnancy that uh, in the last trimester, sitting and standing became very difficult for my wife, Rashi. And you're right. anyways very paranoid, right? You want you don't want to pick up any sort of infections. You have to pee more frequently because you know your ba- uh, bladder is getting pushed. So all of those things were happening. So you had to pee more frequently. Had to travel. Had to work. Uh, the situation was difficult. Then my mother had arthritis. So for me, all the three cases were so closely felt that I knew how lack of clean toilets on the go and how this physical inability to be able to sit and stand during pregnancy and arthritis limits you know, the quality of life in women. So when in 2013, right. you very rightly said it was a road trip. On that road trip when uh, this, this uh, idea for this was born as a joke, I thought I would... I should do something about it. And, you know, I keep saying this, uh, that like the great Steve Jobs said, uh, said, you know, that it's only in hindsight that you can join the dots. So maybe now I can very comfortably join the dots and say that maybe this must have happened. My days at events must have come to, you know, mm. to my mind. Uh, events, mm. uh, pregnancy, arthritis, I'd seen all of these three, you know. So I thought I would want right. to do something about it. Because before that, the possibility of women standing and being didn't appear in our, at least the realm of possibility. So the only solutions that one had was uh, you would pee, I mean, in the sense you would uh, find a clean toilet, number one, or, or you will squat, mm-hmm. or you will make chairs, or you will hold it in. There was, there was nothing else. So the minute this friend's wife said that she had seen someone use a makeshift contraption to stand in pee, I thought I would love to give this a shot. And that's why I decided that I need to now do this here, you know. Um, so, so those are my reasons to say that it is a big problem. And I had experienced both the ends regular on the go as well as the medical part of it to know that this solution mm. needs to be you know uh, now commercialized so applied for a patent uh, got a design patent in 2015 left everything that i was doing and started scaling this business 2016 onwards to say we will solve not only this but all the other similar unaddressed intermittent menstrual hygiene issues faced by women so i mean that's a that's a great story really inspiring now you also mentioned that you know hindsight may always be 2020 and it's not that everyone is able to connect those dots right so any successful startup has to have a great idea and an execution to back it up but i just want to dig deeper into the idea generation process how do you keep coming up with these innovative ideas as the ceo for serona hygiene so because it's not just one product that you've come up with right it's multiple products and it's multiple iterations yeah yeah so yeah, there are about 10 India first products, overall 30 products portfolio today. We have three uh, buckets. We have toilet hygiene uh, with Peabody, where Peabody is India's first female urination device using which women can stand in pee. We have covers. Uh, we've also got a full patent for another version of Peabody, you know, which has simplified testing of uh, pregnancy for women at home. The second range is menstrual hygiene, where we came up with India's first herbal period pain relief patches, oxo-degradable disposal bags for clean and hygienic disposal of sanitary products. We were amongst the first ones to start talking about alternate menstrual hygiene products like pads, tampons, uh, not pads, but I would say colored pads. And why are pads only white? Uh, menstrual cups, hmm. tampons, liners, and very recently, you know, non-natural anti-shaping cream for women. And the third range is family hygiene, in which we have multi-purpose disinfectant sprays, we have pollution masks, etc. under bodyguard brand. Now to answer your question, how do we keep coming up with these new products? I think we keep our, we keep, uh, so the first four products were out of my personal experiences and be honest there. After that, it's just mm-hmm. customers, you know. So for me, uh, Peabody, I told you, I had experienced it up close and personal. When it came to the period pain relief patches, uh, my, mother, my, my wife uh, had uh, very turbulent first day of her periods. 
and uh, you know it was just about hot water bottle or painkillers none of them work beyond a point so i was trying to find a solution for that uh, intimate wet wipes uh, you know the ph balance intimate wet wipes back then were not here and disposal of sanitary products also is something that we had seen that there was it's almost impossible to find uh, right ways to throw your pads tampons condoms panty liners whatever so after mm-hmm. those four customers started sharing a lot of insights into saying you know because you've done this why don't you also look at this that you know when we so peabody that way we started talking to a lot of trekkers and marathons a marathon runners mm. and these guys started saying you know when we run we also get rashes pads give us rashes uh and and it's 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 a sum total of those that you know we, we keep listening to our customers we keep doing small small focus groups there are a lot of campus ambassadors that we hire every year uh there are a lot of uh, mom communities who we engage with to understand what is the what is the next problem that we need to look at and we try to mm. solve those which are absolutely unaddressed and that is something that has led to it being a company where we try to go after innovations over mass appeal products so for us bodyguard while we respect the brand it has held us to solve hygiene related issues for families for mothers it's own it's it's peabody and sirona which keeps us exciting excited because there we solve that which is not solved so that's how we right 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 amazing amazing so uh, my next question is how do you respond as a leader of a startup that's doing amazingly well when a crisis such as this which creates huge supply chain impact affects your startup right so what's the plan of action to take to tackle such a big disruption so you know fundamentals stay the same in this case uh, obviously covid became uh, one of the disruptors but by fundamentals i mean you know you have to keep an eye constantly on your product mix on your channel mix you have to keep rationalizing the cost and we did all those three uh, during covid as well we realized in terms of our product mix uh, this time was for family hygiene to to come in the forefront so we started talking more around bodyguard so we've had natural mosquito repellents and uh, nat- you know these pollution masks in 2015 2016 amongst we were again right. the first ones to start talking about these products so covid mm-hmm. we thought that's the product in terms of peabody let's try to keep it more nimble uh more easily available for regular customers especially who are pregnant and who have arthritis let's look at the medical side more because now they'll not be traveling but they would still face inconvenience right. so in product mix we said out of 30 products which product need to be on on focus during this phase especially channel mix again online supplies were disrupted but we said let's focus a little bit of our offline uh, presence where we have distributors we are available at stores can we increase the supply there and cost rationalization came in to say any dead weight that we've been carrying for a while we need to we need to uh, get rid of that uh, while uh, there was no uh, i mean we, we didn't fire anybody that way we retained uh, the team members uh, the guys who were i mean obviously it doesn't take into account any guys who are anyways on their way out i'm not counting them um and uh, cost rationalization also happened with the renegotiation of leases trying to see if we could get some monies in advance from our uh, pay- payment whatever payments were due we started uh, selling whatever stock was selling faster on advance payment terms so did all of that yeah but uh, but none of this i would say um uh, is uh, like rocket science honestly it's it's business as usual challenges and that's what uh, that's how we looked at it right right so going by what you say i feel peabody and sirona would come out stronger yeah. post the covid than it went into it right yeah i love to say that so now, what uh, 911 did to aviation industry security uh, covid has done to yeah. hygiene so earlier <laughs> you know i had to hard sell a lot of uh, solutions that we had 
uh, to the customers. But now, I mean, they're, they're openly, they're very open to try hygiene products. Uh, so I'm glad uh, that at least now we don't have to try that hard. But I'm sad that it, it took an epidemic or a pandemic of this nature to heighten the need for hygiene uh, in in pan I mean across the world for that matter, not only in India. Right, right, right. So, um, so while you were building Serona, while you were building Peabody, how difficult was it to build a brand in India in this category, given a sizable population is still averse to talking about intimate hygiene? So, did retailers quickly buy into the idea and start stocking up your product? Not really. In fact, it was the reverse. So, initially, when I thought about Peabody, you know, we spoke to about hundred women, and we asked, "Do you face this problem?" I mean, if we spoke to 100, all 100 said yes. We don't get friendly toilets. We didn't even ask clean toilets. Because clean to nahi hote, hai, pata hai. But the situation here was, are they even friendly? So by friendly, I meant, you know, during pregnancy, arthritis, or, uh, you know, are they, are they even toilets which, which you would like to go to and use? Answer was 100 on 100 when, it, when they step out of the house. Uh, right. Then we asked, what are you doing uh, right now? And we got these three only, that they're wiping the seat, they're making chairs, or they're holding it in. And he said, would you like to avoid the toilet seat altogether? Again, all 100 said yes. So when, when the idea was at a stage where I was like, let's run with this, we were super excited. We thought stores would love to keep it. Uh, but I think, uh, unfortunately for us at many of these stores, it was men who were the decision makers, you know, and, and uh, trying to sell a product that is not something that comes naturally to them. I mean, had it been about a, any regular conditioner screams, they would have comfortably kept it. Imagine kitna and give it to us. We were talking about mm. a concept that they thought, who will explain this to the customers, you know? <laughs> right. And uh, right. and obviously it wasn't pink. We have, we were jarring green. We had it written in loud, bold, you know, font that ladies freedom to stand in pee. They said, oh, oh, this is, this won't sell. So yeah, first, first year was full of uh, a lot of heartburn, a lot of, uh, you know, uh, issues that cropped up because of distribution. And then obviously we changed gears. We took it more online. We started speaking to doctors who saw merit in it from a medical point of view. So hmm. it became uh, easy from then on. But yeah, the taboo is there. But taboo is, you know, whenever you try to do anything which is different, not only hmm. a taboo topic, anything which is different, like in your case, you've done your MBA from, a, from one of the best institutes in the country. Uh, and if tomorrow you start saying that, you know, I want to become a painter full time. You know, you would have mm. 100 people giving you 100 opinion that why are you doing ISB is great, go achieve a corporate career, what are you doing, etc, etc, etc. So True. anything which is changed, which is away from the ordinary finds a lot of resistance. In our case, taboo topic made it a little more difficult. But I think as customers started accepting the product, our conviction mm. in being at this issue only kept growing stronger. And uh, mm. today, whatever we are, we are because of our customers, we are 2 million plus. Uh, you know, units of Peabody uh, have been sold and it's all thanks to our customers because we've not raised a lot of money. Um, but yeah, we have, we've been at least bad positive for the last two years, all thanks to our customers. Great. And I think this also speaks volumes about the efficacy of the product because innovations, it's being driven by customers. Yeah. Uh, the sales, word of mouth, it's being driven by customers. So amazing. Now, as a consumer brand, which has an addressable market of approximately 50% of the population, <laughs> half of the population. How do you strategically expand? So how do you change your messaging as you move yeah. from tier one India to tier two, tier three Bharat? So uh, I think it is, it's something, uh, you know, we are firm believers of uh, this line, which says Rome wasn't built in a day. We know that 
this category also is a new category. It took sanitary pads good two decades to find 10-15% penetration. This is another league of a solution women standing and being. Uh, right. So, so this will take time and we are, we are saying we're pacing it out. So what we're saying is as an organization to stay relevant, we need to not fix our minds at saying this is the only thing that we'll give to our customers. What we stand for is women face many unaddressed intermittent menstrual hygiene issues. We should be able to offer them solutions which they need. And in some cases, give them solutions which we believe they need. And once they start using it, there'll be a diamet, you know, there'll be a sizable shift in, in the issues that they're facing. So, so we have phased it out. We are saying, Peabody, let's try to do it in all the tier one cities to begin with when it comes to direct to consumer. Let's take the dollars, let them, let's get them as our brand advocates and repeat users. In rural India and other parts of the world, I think we'll take more medical approach, which will follow after the funding because there it becomes a, it becomes an enabler for a pregnant lady. Mm. It, I mean, I, to, for me to convince them in tier two, tier three, Bharat is a little difficult that you need to spend money on this. But the minute it mm. becomes about maternal health, but you know, it becomes about quality of life. There, it's a different ball game. So we will do that. As of today, we are saying uh, it's it's tier one towns. In tier two, we want mm. to go, but we'll take a different route. Maybe CSR or, uh, like I said, the medical route. And that's how we are pacing it. While for Serona, we are saying it's for, for all the uh, urban working women. And we will mm. use modern channels to make the product available to them. There also, we have a paid forward angle where we work with traffic sex workers. We already work with traffic sex workers. We, work, we, I mean, we educate a lot of uh, girls on maternal health, on menstrual health, which a colleague of mine, Dr. Diksha, uh, you know, leads. And uh, in fact, last year, we won two CSR awards for that. So that's how we are balancing that. Let's get the end customer to pay us the money to propel growth. The ones who can't afford it or where a lot of awareness is required, use the medical or the paid forward CSR route to reach out to them. Got it. And so do you think Indian customer brands today have the capabilities in place to go global in a big way? So your product, it's new, it's really effective. So is there any shift that's happened or that you see happening where Indian brands actually go sell abroad? Oh, absolutely. We've also started to sell internationally in a couple of countries now and we're getting good response. Uh, see, uh, any product sells, uh, what, what you need is that persistence and, uh, you know, that, that faith in the system to say that you will, you will play this out uh, because the best of products fail to sell if you don't sell them, right? So hmm. I believe this is the time for India uh, to shine. We have... Uh, everything going for us, uh, the language, uh, the intent, the integrity, as long as those, uh, you know, some of those are not compromised, um, you can sell anything. So absolutely people will buy. And now with China and COVID and all of that, even uh, we are now in a, in, a, in a better space than we were earlier because uh, a lot of manufacturing will shift. And as it shifts, people will be like, yeah, I'm, I would like to try out new products from other parts of the world than only China. Makes sense. Makes sense. Now I just want to uh, know a little bit more about your inspiration. You won multiple awards, including the National Entrepreneurship Award, which is by the government, ET 40 under 40 and Fortune 40 under 40. Now, what do these awards mean to you? Is it something that drives you every day when you get up and go to work? No, yeah. What drives me is uh, just customers and my team, to be honest. It's not the awards. The only thing, and you know, there was another quote which said that, you know, uh, awards are won at the practice grounds. You only go to the ceremonies to collect them or something to that effect. So nice. what you feel good about is, I mean, we have about 25 
uh, awards that we won over the course of last uh, you know four four years and some of them the ones which are very very credible we are very thankful again to our customers and team uh, to have uh, you know found us worthy of of trying our products and uh, and joining our mission uh, what these awards do it's a great uh, i think uh, motivation for the team at times to know that uh, mm. you know there are uh, when you when you look at uh, some of the bigger guys winning this award and you are also collecting it uh, you know at the same podium by great industry veterans it's a great boost to your confidence to say not only uh, is is our our you know our customers getting impacted but in the industry is also noticing that we are trying to disrupt this you know we are trying to bring a change we are trying to make a difference in customers lives so yeah i think uh, we don't uh, i mean don't do it for the awards but definitely uh, you know it, it's it's a great motivator for the team and uh, as and whatever works for the team i'm i'm willing to do it yeah. so that's what it is and so just building on that do you feel this is sort of like a david versus goliath story yeah uh, and yeah it is actually you know uh, to <laughs> to sum it up uh, in in one sentence i would say that i mean you can't live with it you can't live without it it's 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 part of the <laughs> game man in fact uh, we have this thing that we call shameless spamming where <laughs> if you are a customer if you are uh, you know if we meet you at events if you are in media we'll keep in touch yeah. and that's the name of the game whether you like it or you don't there are two parts to the same coin uh, either you burn money to to spread a word about yourself or uh, you ensure that you know you people are talking about what you're doing you keep doing good work it gets noticed and uh, i mean even forums like these the platforms like what you are creating it might inspire a couple of people but it will definitely spread more word about uh, what we are trying to disrupt why how we trying to break the taboo around mental hygiene so so there are no nos it's always a yes great so uh, deep now we move on to the rapid fire round uh, okay. so these are just a set of questions uh, you may choose to answer it in let's say 30 seconds to a minute okay so the first one right up it's what is one of the biggest failures that you've learned a lot from okay the biggest failure would be around uh, i would say team i think importance of team is uh, a lesson uh, which i think uh, i wish we had uh, implemented a little earlier it is there's you are nothing without your team is the biggest lesson that i've learned uh, hmm. and uh, and i swear by that yeah your your team is your biggest asset got it uh, the next one is how do you unwind given running a startup can get uh bad shit crazy at times so how do you actually unwind how do you chill uh, out well uh, i am i'd like to believe that i am an optimist you know in in my uh, approach i always have been so what i do is you know as a practice we get about we are 45 of us all of us when we send an email to us capturing the day what has happened i have made it mandatory to capture one good thing of the day in every email mm-hmm. so whenever i am having a bad day i read all the emails twice otherwise i try to just go through them i do so the email has three parts what we did today what we are trying to do tomorrow and good thing of the day so every day i would read uh, all the emails as much as i can uh, but the days when i am going through a little bit of a you know like a, a low phase i look i only read this good thing of the day and that instantly cheers me up because every day something good happens and that's that's how i unwind and then obviously i have two beautiful daughters who help me you know uh, to to yeah to Who gave him his happiness? So family and uh, work emails. That's how I invite man. Great. 
the next question is fame money power how would you ra- rank them and why fame money power i would say to me all of them are the same level because none of them really matter uh, <laughs> mm. uh so so yeah i would say to me it's all the same they don't mean nothing because they also also transitionary right i think what matters is the impact so for me that, that's the question uh, that we would rate the highest because if you're able to impact mm. all of these things follow right one after another right yeah right in many ways these are output metrics True, i think exactly as a startup you are focused more on the inputs that makes sense now my final question is this something that we ask all guests who come on the podcast what habits have you cultivated which ensures that you're improving by 1% every day yeah and consequently 37 times over the year <laughs> so i answered it in in brief in my previous uh, answer uh, this one good thing of the day and i myself also capture i mean i can show you for the last 4 years one good thing that has mm-hmm. happened every day in my life and i think that is that is progress right i mean one thing that i have changed every day is to say that things are moving forward you cannot mm-hmm. you know build this overnight this is habit changing product uh, you know it's it's your pact with the devil to say impact or money like if it was just about money i could have been selling carpets or doing something simpler but here the pure my my thing was that no i want to make a difference i want to talk about those issues which are which are not spoken uh, about in our country and w- and when i did it i was clear that this is not going to happen overnight so one thing that i do every day is to keep reminding myself that progress is happening i need to look at the positives and uh, i mean don't get me wrong i'm all for uh, criticism as long as it is constructive so mm-hmm. that that's one thing that i do that i keep an eye on good things that are happening and small 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 positivity becomes 37 x and i try to keep uh, some of the negative people at bay that is another conscious thing that i try to do everything every day i'm sorry that keep negative people at bay that's great i think gratitude as a driver for a startup yeah. this is the first time that i'm hearing it and you know it's great it will be a great lesson for the listeners so deep this has been an amazing conversation one filled with real takeaways for me thanks again for taking the time out and being here on our show no no it's a pleasure yeah thank you so much for doing this and if i can just take maybe one minute to tell you about this uh, the uh, the answer which i was finishing on uh, you know what do i do every day and i mentioned about this negative keeping negative people away maybe this is something that you might implement or listeners might be able to take value from so you know i mean i i was introduced to this concept of uh, energy vampires have you heard of this concept not really okay so that made this more about it i met this monk in new york uh, called dandapani okay. and in one of the okay. discussions i mean i've just once i've met him great guy um, and uh, he's he mentioned one thing which i think had a very uh, i would say deep impact in my life i, I met him four years ago i still remember uh, and he said that you know we're all made up of energy something that you might also want to implement in your life and uh, at the end of the day i mean you know you would enter some place and you instantly feel filled up with energy and then you go to some place where you you know immediately feel drained out and you also have some people in your life who do similar things to you and he calls hmm. those people energy vampires so he says you know because we are all made up of energy it is your responsibility as a founder to keep your energies at at their optimum best so if you feel that there is somebody who you met who ha- who is negative all the time and he sucks the energy out put him on the energy vampire list and and learn to keep them at bay and in many cases these energy vampires could be your mom dad relatives brother sister a competition mentors so that's right. one distinction you know that if you're able to bring 
you can really have a more peaceful unwinding session in the evening so yeah that's all this sounded really similar to the harry potter movies where they need to fend off the dementors <laughs> and they obviously use the spell expecto patronum <laughs> i hope our uh, listeners can come up with such spells to ward off the negative energy in their lives that's a great great way to end the podcast on thanks a lot again deep for being on the podcast it's a pleasure thank you so much man thanks so much for listening to this episode of the 37x podcast i hope you've taken away as much as i have from this insightful conversation if you like the episode please do share this with your friends who you believe will enjoy listening to this and let our guests know about it on social media most importantly do subscribe to the podcast on the podcasting platform of your choice and leave us a review on apple itunes this will help like minded people discover this podcast it really does help we'll be back again next week with yet another founder or cxo who's redefining the consumer goods and retailing space till then keep chasing that high performance life one that's 37x better cheers